Hey everybody, I'm Tiara, and motherhood is hard. So let's talk about it. I'll be bringing you along as I navigate being a wife and mother to a medically complex child on the spectrum. Do you have your coffee ready? This is Stronger Now, the podcast. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Stronger Now podcast. I know it's been a minute, I know it's been a minute, and I just wanted to do a quick catch up with you guys. I hope everybody is having an amazing start to their week. You know, Christmas is around the corner, which also means that the end of the year is around the corner. And I just wanted to use this time, this episode to really reflect on the year and where I'm currently at, you know, in motherhood, in postpartum, in marriage, just really deep dive into my life right now. You know, first, I want to thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and also tuning into the podcast period. We launched the podcast this year and it it really has been my favorite thing um, out of this year. So I appreciate you. I love you. And thank you so much for just being being in this community, you know, following my life, even if you don't know anybody um, with special needs children or you yourself don't have children with special needs, you know, just being able to, you know, take a step into my life and listen to my stories and digest them and, you know, give me positive feedback. I love that so much and I, I can't thank you enough. But first, of course, I want to start with a little story time. So this weekend was a doozy. Let me tell you guys, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I love eggnog lattes. Like they're my favorite thing. I love eggnog lattes. It, you know, eggnog is only on the shelves for like two year, two months out of the whole year. And I really, I really take this time to, you know, create my eggnog lattes. They are, they, they make me happy. They make me happy. Just like coffee in general makes me happy. But they're also very, very, very high in calories. And I have been drinking them almost every day. Like last year, I was working. I was working a little bit over part-time, like 30-ish hours a week. And I really didn't have time to get a coffee every single day, which means I didn't have time to get an eggnog latte every single day. So I was really just getting them on the weekends, Saturday, Sundays. And I have been getting an eggnog latte every single day. (laughs) And at first I was like, you know what? I'm committed. If I gain a little weight, it is what it is. But I have gained like five pounds, you guys. And I have to reel it back in because this weekend... I had bought an outfit for my great friend, my great friend's 30th birthday. Um, you know, 90s babies, we're creeping up on this 30, this this 30 mark. And, you know, I'm actually really excited for my 30s, really, really excited for my 30s. But that's a topic we'll get to in just a minute. But I had ordered a dress for my great friend's birthday party. And for some reason or some way, somehow, this dress got lost completely lost in my house, you know, could have got dumped in clean laundry, could be in the dirty laundry, like, you know, life is crazy right now. So I literally was turning my house upside down looking for this dress because I knew that the dress was pretty, it was going to make me feel good, it was going to make me feel pretty, it fit, you know, like I just knew that it was going to, I had this outfit envisioned for this birthday party. 
So, of course, Andy hears me turning the whole house upside down. And he's like, is everything okay? Can I help with anything? And, of course, I, like, jump down his neck because I'm so frustrated. The house is a mess. The kids are yelling. I'm trying to find this dress. I know that the dress fits me. I know that nothing else in my closet fits me. And I don't have anything, like, I don't have anything, like, brunch attire that fits me. So I I just lashed out and I was like, I need to find this dress. So, you know, he offers to help me find the dress. He's looking for the dress. He's looking for the dress. I go in the other room, try to, you know, calm down. And he's like, I can't find the dress. I burst into tears. I burst into tears, you guys, because I'm like, I have nothing else to wear. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the Grinch, you know, since we're in the season, we've been watching the Grinch every single day. But, you know, when Jim Carrey is like, He's, he is the holiday cheermeister and he's looking for an outfit and he's like throwing things around his little area and he's like, that's it. I'm not going. That's how I felt. I literally text my friend and I was like, I'm having a postpartum meltdown. Nothing fits and I'm trying to figure out something to wear. And of course, she's so amazing. She's like, you know, don't rush. Don't worry about it. You know, come when you can. And I was, I just broke down in tears because I'm like this postpartum body, like I'm so thankful for it, but you know, it's new and I'm just getting bigger by the day is how I was feeling. You know, I'm getting bigger by the day. Nothing fits. How come I let myself get this way? You let yourself go. Like all these negative thoughts start to kind of creep in and I just lose it. And you know, Andy knows me well enough to know that like when I'm irritated, I really just don't want to be bothered. Like, let me just calm down on my own. Um, So he completely left me alone, like completely left me alone. Didn't, (laughs) didn't, you know, didn't check in or anything like that. And it, it sent me into like a further spiral. I'm like, I'm in here crying. He's not checking on me. All these emotions and I, I, you know, I told him, I was like, you know, I, in that moment, I really just wanted you to be like, it's okay. Like you, you look beautiful and, you know, some validation. And he completely understood that. And it made him feel awful. He, you know, he gave me a big hug and he was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that you were having issues. Like, I didn't know this was an issue with your postpartum body. I thought you were just frustrated because you couldn't find the dress. And I was like, yeah, like I can't fit anything. So I finally found something to wear. And he was like, I'm going to take the boys on a walk, you know, go to the brunch, have a good time. So I ended up going to the brunch. I had an amazing time, got to see, you know, some people I haven't seen in years, got to see my friend celebrate her 30th. And when I came home, I wasn't even thinking about the dress, but I was thinking about, you know, my body and where I'm at currently. And I was just explaining that, you know, I'm so thankful for this body. You know, I'm going on 12 months. Landon will be a year next next month. He'll be a year, which will mark 12 months of me breastfeeding him. And to me, that's a huge milestone because I didn't get to breastfeed Carter very long. You know, when he was first born, he was taken to the NICU immediately. And immediately, my postpartum nurse brought in a Medela breast pump. And she's trying to, you know, she's trying to explain to me how important it is for me to start pumping right away. And she's explaining that not only did I have a premature baby, 
So my body is confused. You know, I gave birth eight weeks early. My body's confused. Like we weren't supposed to deliver this baby this early, but I also had a C-section. And um, if you don't know, when you have a C-section, it also can delay or minimize the amount of production you have, milk production. So she's explaining to me that you need to pump, like you need to be vigilant on your pumping. And she explained, you know, typically when you bring a baby home from the hospital, you're on a pretty much a strict every three hours, put the baby to the breast. So she said, instead of you putting your baby to your breast, you have to pump every three hours. So I did. I I was on a strict three-hour pumping schedule when Carter was born. And then Carter was transferred to a new hospital. And I used to pump at his, you know, I used to pump right next to his incubator. They would wrap him in a blanket really tight. And then they would give me the blanket so that I could smell him and it would help with milk production. So I had a very, I had a very healthy supply for being a pumping, exclusively pumping mom. Well, one of the nurses had told me, you know, you don't need to pump every three hours. He's not going to be able to eat orally ever. So don't worry about pumping when he is ready to eat. If he does eat, it'll be years from now. So being naive and 23 and my first baby and all these emotions and I was tired, the stress of waking up every three hours, I I took that advice and I stopped pumping. Well, I dried up very quickly. I dried up probably in two weeks. I did have a freezer full because I was pumping, you know, every three hours and Carter wasn't eating. So I did have a freezer full of milk. Um, But I dried up very quickly. Um, In about two weeks, I was pretty much dried up. And Carter's doctors told me shortly after that, shortly after I was dried up, that they were going to try to feed him. And they were successful in feeding him. So he did have all of the milk that I had in the freezer, which was great. You know, I'm so happy that I was able to do that for him. But I I was perfectly fine with giving him formula because... I just, I truly, truly felt like fed was best. I definitely cried in the shower. I absolutely had many, many days of crying and, you know, trying to get my milk supply back. I was, I was drinking coconut water. I was, you know, eating all the lactate, like the, the, um, the oatmeal cookies that are supposed to boost your supply. I was doing all of the things, but, you know, my supply was just too far gone. So when I got pregnant with Landon, a lot of people asked me, like, are you going to try to breastfeed? And instantly I was like, of course, I'm definitely going to try. I had very, very low expectations on how long I was going to breastfeed. I, in my head, I told, I told myself and I told a lot of people, I'm going to breastfeed him until six months. After six months, I'll just put him on formula. And Nobody said anything about it. You know, my mom didn't breastfeed. Um, I don't believe my grandmother breastfed um, on either side, honestly. I don't think my dad's mom breastfed or my mom's mom breastfed. I I didn't have a lot of examples of like breastfeeding or um, I didn't have a lot of tips or tricks or pointers or anybody really advocating for breastfeeding around me. So I had very low expectations. And when Landon was born, 
my nipples were raw, raw and bleeding. They were bleeding. So, but I knew I wanted to make sure that he got the breast milk. So I pumped, I pumped and I was an exclusively pumping mom, which was amazing. And then one night randomly, Landon latched onto the nipple and I pumped and then fed him, pumped and then fed him, bottle, nipple, bottle, nipple. And then it got to the point where I was only giving him the nipple. So I was exclusively breastfeeding him. So I had, I really had both experiences, which I'm so grateful for. I really am because now I get to really decide which one I liked and what I want to do next baby and things like that. So, um, all that to say that I had very low expectations on how far I would get in this breastfeeding journey. And now I'm coming up on a year and it really, really, looking back, it has been a full-time job. It really, really has been a full-time job. I'm officially out of all of my stashed milk. I had two deep freezers full um, you know, of stashed milk and I'm officially out. Um, so I'm exclusively, you know, it's only me. It's only me. I don't have any backup milk. You know, it's, it's me. And that's a lot. It's a lot. And I, I know that, I know that a lot of mothers, they, you know, contemplate on, do I have the time to breastfeed? Do I want to breastfeed? Um, you know, working moms, um, moms that, you know, don't want to breastfeed and they give formula right away. When I tell you that all of your decisions, any decision you make when it comes to feeding your baby is completely valid because it's a lot. It's a lot. And it has to, I did not, I very much underestimated the mental load and the toll that it would take on, on my mental health when it comes to breastfeeding. Um, it's a lot. With that being said, though, I'm so thankful to my body. I'm so thankful for my body to have pushed through these 12 months to have fed my baby, nourished my baby, and given me the bonding time with Landon that I desperately was seeking with Carter. Um, So yeah, I'm so thankful, but I'm so tired. (laughs) I'm so tired. Um, But yeah, Landon will be one next month, and I definitely am going to start weaning him. We're going to introduce cow milk soon. Um, and I'm going to start really dedicating my time, the time that I was spending to breastfeeding, to really soak into my wellness, to, you know, really start to get my body back in shape. And not only for myself, but because I have decided that I am coming out of retirement and I am going to go back to the hair salon. Now, for those that don't know, I am a hairstylist by trade. And I have been a hairstylist since, gosh, 2013. Yeah, I went to, I started cosmetology school in 2013 and I officially got my license in 2015, right after I met Andy. And actually Andy drove me to my cosmetology state board and he was so happy. He was even more excited than I was when they announced that I got my license. So recently I had retired. I had announced to all my clients that I was retiring and I had no intention on coming back at all. Honestly, Carter's health was declining 
and I was having to cancel a lot of my clients and reschedule a lot of my clients and just us going back and forth to the hospital so frequently um, really stirred up some PTSD for me and I had a lot on my plate and I knew that I couldn't dedicate the time. I couldn't give my clients 100% of myself. I couldn't um, I couldn't be my best. I couldn't be my best. And I really wanted to make sure that I was 100% when I'm behind the chair. And now Carter is so much better. Life is a little bit more stable. And I know that if I come back to the salon, that I'm coming back better than ever. So I am going to open my books for January to get back behind the chair. And I really wanted to talk to you guys about this because I know that this is a topic that a lot of moms go through, going back to work. Stay-at-home moms, working moms, stay-at-home moms that that decide to go back to work. I have experienced it all. I was a working mom with Carter. I worked I worked a couple jobs actually. I worked as a and I've worked multiple jobs with Carter actually. When Carter was born, I quickly went back to the salon because, you know, Carter was in the NICU and I was only working a few days a week and that was perfect. I was able to juggle both very well. Then Carter started to get a little bit more sick and his medical needs became more intense. And I also needed to pay for a lot more when it came to his needs. So we needed that extra income. Um, So I decided to get a full-time job with a plastic surgeon, which I loved that job so much. I got to be thrown into a whole other world of the beauty industry and you know, medical aesthetics, which was really, really an amazing experience and is definitely absolutely one of my passions. So I worked full time at, um, you know, the medical spa. And then I also was taking my clients after hours and on the weekends and then also being a full time mom and wife. So it was very busy and I still felt like I was juggling it all pretty well. Um, You know, it definitely came with with some some trials, you know, I had to make sure that I was booking accordingly. I had to make sure that I was even more present when I was at home. Um, it also came with a lot of sacrifice. I definitely missed a lot of, you know, a lot of doctor's appointments. I missed a lot of school events. Um, when Carter started preschool, I wasn't there. Um, at drop-off, which was definitely really tough, really, really tough for me. My mom went in my absence and my husband was there. He sent me photos, Um, but I had work, so I couldn't go. And, you know, that's something that I'm very, I'm very thankful for this year as well, is that being a a full-time stay-at-home mom and a full-time caregiver to Carter, I got to be the most hands-on that I've been, ever been to both of my kids since the first year Carter's been born. Um, I've got to be very flexible with my schedule. I got to be at every school event. I got to do the extracurricular activities with Carter. I didn't miss any events with my family on the weekends. Um, There wasn't a lot of sacrifice when it came to that with being a stay-at-home mom. But was I 100% fulfilled? Maybe not. Maybe not. I miss my clients so much. I miss having that outlet. I miss having that creative outlet. Um, 
I, I miss hearing their stories. I miss catching up. I miss, um, I miss the smiles. And, you know, I always say like, I miss the fresh blowout and then watching my client like reach into her purse, get her lip gloss, put the lip gloss on, check her hair out. You know, I miss that. And then of course I miss the ultimate compliment of the referrals. Like, hey, you did my best friend's hair. or Hey, you did my cousin's hair. or You did my aunt's hair. I had to come see you. I had to come get to know you. Like, obviously with the podcast, you guys know I'm very community-based. Like, I want us all to be, I want us all to be besties. I want us all to be friends. And to for you to sit down in my chair and trust me with your hair, it's really the ultimate compliment. So I miss, I miss being behind the chair so much. But you know, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, I've been thinking about and I've been talking to a lot of my friends who are working moms and asking them how they navigate things and the point, like the pointers that they give me and, you know, the sentiment that has been the same across the board has been that you really have to be present with the time you do have. The, the time that you do have with your kids you have to be present because a lot of moms, I mean, especially if you commute, I remember the first plastic surgeon I worked for, I worked an hour away. So an hour, an hour there, an hour home, that's two hours of your day. And then you're working an eight hour shift. That's 10 hours. I was basically getting home just in time for bath. I, sometimes I would miss dinner. I would miss dinner, bath, and then there's sleep. Like, and then you do it all over again. Um, So you really have to be present with the time you do have. And you also have to weigh out what is the most important to you. You know, something's got to give, but the scale has to be balanced. And that is what I'm really going to focus on in the new year is balancing that scale. Because, you know, what means the most to you? What will you not compromise on? And also, you know, there's con- there's an, a constant goal to be better as a mom, um, as a woman. But I feel like us women, us moms, we always have that constant goal to be better. Like we want to be better, better wife, a better mom, better woman, um, better career woman. I feel like we always have an itch to be better. So in the new year, I really want to set up my goals that way. Like, what what do I want to be better at on a daily, even if it's 1% better every single day? What do I want to be constantly better at? What will I not compromise on? What will I not compromise on in motherhood? What will I not compromise on in my marriage? What will I not compromise on with myself? with myself, with my self-care, with my mental health, with my overall well-being, and then balance the scale from there. And so, yeah, that's what I'm really, really going to work on in the new year. I'm turning 30 in the new year. Oh, gosh, which I have been thinking about a lot. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. But, you know, in my 20s, I never thought about my 30s. I really didn't. The only thing that when I thought 30, the only thing that came to mind was that, you know, at 30, my parents were going on their third home. My parents had four kids. Um, They were 
way further in life than I am now. That's what I would, that's what I would think when I, from 25 on, I would think like, oh my gosh, by this time my mom had this many kids. By this time my mom bought this many houses. Like I was thinking that way. And now that 30 is around the corner, I'm not thinking that way at all. I'm actually thinking like I'm itching for a change. I'm itching for a change. Um, I don't know what that change is. I don't know. Like the change feels big. The change feels really big. And I, I don't know like what, I don't know what the change could be, but I don't know. I don't know. Is it like a mid midlife crisis? I don't know. Is it a halfway to midlife crisis? I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. I'm itching for a change. Um, I don't know if it's like a different environment. You know, I guess the biggest change of all will be going back to work. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 30s, they feel good though. They feel so good. I I know myself way better than I even could imagine at 20. At 20, I was just, my head was still spinning. I didn't know if I was coming and going, like I, I didn't know. I was fresh out of high school. I felt like a baby still. Um, but at 30, at 30, I feel so content. I feel so content. I, you know, of course I still have, I still have dreams. I still have, you know, I still want to be better. I still don't feel like I'm, I'm obviously not kicking up my feet at 30. Um, but I feel so good. This new era is going to be the best yet. And I cannot wait to take you guys on this journey. I thank you so, so much for tuning into today's episode and listening to kind of my catch up for the new year. Um, If you don't already, please follow me on Instagram at StrongerNowThePod and tell me what you think about today's episode. Let me know what your goals are for the new year. I would love to hear them. Um, Let me know how you balance life. If you're a working mom, give me all the tips and tricks and give me all the advice. I would love to hear it. If you're a stay-at-home mom, let me know how you feel about potentially going back to work. If it's an absolute no for you or if you've thought about it, what's keeping you from doing it. You know, I want to know all the things. I want to know all the things. Um... But yeah, thank you so much again for tuning into the podcast. Share with a friend um, because we are going to grow. We're going to grow this amazing community of moms, of women in 2024. And I am so excited for the ride. Thank you so much again and have a great week. Bye, guys. Thank you for finishing your coffee with me. As always, I'm sending a big hug. Please don't forget to review and rate this podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, share with a friend. You can find me on Instagram at StrongerNowPod. I'll see you next Tuesday for more stories. Bye, guys.